This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hey there, everybody. My name is Chris. And I'm your co-host for the evening, Jason. Thank you for joining me, Jason. It's good to have you here. (laughs) This is The Talking Dead number 334. Recorded Monday, September the 4th, also known as Labor Day 2017. Labor Day. How was your Labor the Day? Day of Labor. It was. How was your long weekend? Uh, it was uneventful. You How about you? Didn't leave. Didn't put on pants, didn't leave the house? Oh, I, I put on pants. I left the house, but I didn't do a whole lot other than like, you know, basic grocery shopping, mowing the lawn, taking care of my son. A little bit that of, kind of stuff. barbecuing? No barbecues. A lot of people barbecue on Labor Day. I did not barbecue on Labor Day. Oh, well. Well, that's good. I'm glad you had a quiet, uneventful weekend. I've been out of town until yesterday evening. We were away up north uh, having a good time, which was fun. Um, And it's Labor Day all across North America. Everybody in North America gets this day off. Or (laughs) that's, I'm sure that's not true, but you know. No, it is, it is a statutory holiday. Yeah. And you know, the people that don't get Labor Day off, uh, hopefully they uh, received a temporary raise in pay for the day. Double time, baby, double time. Time and a half, I thought. I don't know. I'm, I'm double time, time and a half. Really, the only difference between Labor Day here in Canada and the States is that we spell it with a U. We do spell it with a U. There you go. All right. Well, we aren't here to talk about Labor Day. We are here to talk about The Walking Dead. And since fear, The Walking Dead returns next week, cool. uh, one, one week from yesterday, uh, we're going to talk about the Fear the Walking Dead trailer that was released at Comic-Con back in uh, July or June. July? I don't know. Whenever San Diego comes out. I believe it was July. I think, I think you're right. So we are going to talk about that to get ready for the second half of season three. But we also have some Walking Dead news to cover. And then uh, before we wrap up right at the end, we have one email from a listener that cool. I want to read. That's all related to, to fear. So let's dive right in, Jason. Okay, Chris. The Walking Dead News. All right, man. First thing in the news this week, uh, you recall that uh, John Berniker, the stuntman who sadly died on set in that accident uh, a couple of months ago. I do. Um, well, there's a little bit of follow-up news there. The family, and specifically his mother, has hired a lawyer, and it appears she is going to file a lawsuit, I guess, against AMC uh, rather than like the producers directly of the show. Um, but comicbook.com reported that um, Berniker's mother, Susan Berniker, has hired an attorney by the name of Jeffrey R. Harris to represent, represent in a forthcoming lawsuit. Now, this guy was previously involved in a similar case, actually, on the set of Midnight Rider, and he won an $11.2 million verdict in that case. Hmm. Um, another... Uh, film industry person was killed on set uh, for Midnight Rider and he was involved in that. So she's hired the same attorney, I guess, figuring he has some experience in these sorts of cases. Um, But I mean, in my opinion, sort of unfortunate that it has to come to this, but at the same time, if there was any negligence or anything that, that occurred, and I guess there's some feelings on their side that that may be the case, then yeah. this sort of thing is is bound to happen. So Well, it's, it's pretty standard, right? You know, if uh, something of this magnitude happens that, uh, that the family would file a lawsuit, like, I think that would be, I was expecting that, you know, I guess I, I may not have voiced it and I may, may, have, may have been in the back of my head, but it, uh, it's not surprising to me that they would, uh, that a lawsuit would be filed to get to the bottom of uh, whether or not there was negligence. No, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm not surprised either. I, I do think that there's probably, it's likely the only way for a lot of the information to actually come out and come out in an organized and official, official manner, right? Yeah. Um, and just put sort of this whole tragedy behind us. And hopefully it doesn't turn into a nasty, bitter lawsuit, although I can imagine these things often do. But um, that's what's happening. And I guess we will follow it as it progresses. It could take some time, I'm sure, to get all sorted out. But uh, for now, she's just hired the lawyer. And I think it's safe to assume that there will be 
a lawsuit filed um, in the in the near future. Yeah, it's sad. It's all it's all very sad. It's unfortunate that we have to you know get to this point for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I still wonder how they're going to handle this particular scene on the show. If if it's going to be rewritten or changed or just not included somehow, if they can do that. Uh, or if they decided to reshoot with a different stuntman uh, and include it. I, I don't really know. We'll have to watch for it when the show is on. I am kind of interested, and, and in a way, I hope they they did adjust it, you know, appropriately, adjust the filming or or just the, you know, the necessity of the scene in the story, but we'll have to see. Yeah. All right, uh, second item. AMC has announced that there will be a Walking Dead Season 8 preview special aired and it's coming up soon it's actually coming up next sunday night september the 10th at 8 p.m and that's of course an hour the hour time slot before fear the walking dead comes back for the resumption of its season three so they're going to air an hour-long preview special it's hosted by chris hardwick as these things typically are (laughs) and it features jeffrey d morgan and lenny lenny james are the two actors they have announced but i got to imagine there's going to be others on there as well it's not just gonna be those two guys yeah and what i don't i'm not sure i know what a preview special is they're just going to recap uh you know the walking dead in general and then talk about what could possibly might happen in uh, in the next season pretty much that's what they do they're going they've done this before they did it last year as well uh was it last was it before season seven or was it before uh, season six, I don't remember, but they did they did a preview special, and they, they do a recap. They do a look ahead at the future, sort of tease what's to come. Uh, you know, make sure people remember what was going on and who was where and what they were doing and all those sorts of things. I did not see the one last time. Right. Uh, I may see this one just because it is on right before Fear, but we'll see. Uh, it can be hard for me to get in front of the TV before nine p.m. Um, but, uh, we'll have to see if you're interested in seeing it though. It is eight o'clock September 10th. That's next Sunday. Well, this coming Sunday, I guess, right before Fear the Walking Dead comes back. And I feel like this would almost make more sense to do the, before the season finale of Fear, which is the weekend before the main show comes back. Right. Isn't it a little odd that they're doing this five weeks ahead of time and not one week ahead of time, just so it's all fresh in people's minds. It is a little weird, uh, but maybe they're going to do five different episodes. Maybe it's going to be a whole series of uh, recaps, you know, one uh, <laughs> one recap episode per season, maybe. No, yeah, you're right. They're going to do a recap at eight o'clock every Sunday between now and the middle of October to make sure you know exactly what's going on. That's why maybe this one only features Jeffrey D. Morgan and Lenny James, because next week it's going to be Andrew Lincoln <laughs> and Chandler Riggs, and the week after that it'll be Denai Guerrera and, who knows, uh, Melissa McBride. Yep, that'd and be cool. keep doing that. Those I yeah. might watch, because they'd go in-depth and deep and probably just be annoying. Yeah. I, I have a hard time... Uh... <sighs> not seeing this as a complete waste of time because I'm so ingrained in the show. Uh, I pay attention to it so much that I don't need a recap in order to get interested in the the next season that's coming up. So I just see this as a, it's a giant waste of time for me, but other people, you know, I, I'm not everybody, obviously. I'm only me. And uh, yeah, I, it could be interesting for other people, but I'd, I'd, I'd have no interest in watching that yeah no I, I know what you mean um if they released it online and i could watch it at my leisure maybe i'd fast forward through it or something <laughs> but uh you know <laughs> you'd need a you know a summary of the recap is what you would need i need the cole's notes on the re- recap of the show yeah no yeah, i know just, what you mean it's yeah. it's not aimed at us it's aimed at i mean i guess everybody who doesn't do a podcast about the walking dead probably <laughs> well, those people yeah yeah there's a few of them out there <laughs> <laughs> yeah You know, uh, I feel like everybody these days does a Walking Dead podcast, but you know, there's a few out there that don't. So they're making, they're making recap shows for them. Yep. Anyways, next Sunday, September 10th at eight, if that is your thing. Uh, okay, Jason, what do you know about Pokemon Go? I know, uh, about how big a craze it was slash is. I don't know about the is, but I know it was. Um, I've never played it. I 
don't quite understand it. I like the idea of a virtual reality game. Uh, so if you're leading into, there's going to be a Pokemon Go zombie apocalypse game where you, you know, hunt for zombies on your phone, I think that'd be pretty good. Well, that's exactly what I'm leading into. And I believe it's alternate or augmented reality, not virtual reality. Well, right? Yeah, you're right. It's augmented reality. I've been looking for augmented reality my whole life. I, this, you know, that's what I want. I would have glasses if uh, they were cool to wear and they didn't look like big giant pieces of crap. I would wear them <laughs> to have augmented reality. I would get uh, uh, contact lenses with aug- augmented reality in my eyes. I would have my eyes altered to have augmented reality all the time and an internal cell phone. I think that'd be great. 2050, this is what I'm looking for by 2050 is either eye replacement with augmented reality or some kind of implant uh, with an internal cell phone. Well, you're just, this is your uh, ongoing plan to become a cyborg, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm two steps there. What's the, what are the first two steps? Well, I wear glasses and I have fillings. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, 90% of the population is at least one or two steps there. Yeah. We're all moving towards the same goal. Okay. All right. Uh, Well, Pokemon Go, I'm with you. I don't know a lot about it. I know it was massive for a while. I do believe there are people out there that still play it. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, I rode the bus home from work with one of my coworkers. And as we're sitting on the bus, he whips out his phone, loads up Pokemon Go and is is in game. And I'm like, what? You're you're <laughs> A, playing this and B, still playing this? And he said, yeah. So, um, so I've never experienced it myself, but that's what it is, sort of augmented reality or out there hurt, hunting for Pokemons. And this is all to lead up to telling you that there is a Walking Dead game along those lines being developed. Good. It's called, It's going to be called The Walking Dead Our World. And there is no release date yet, but it is going to be available for iOS and Android. And from TheVerge.com, where I found this article, they wrote, uh, the first video from the game shows players fighting off the undead in places like a convenience store and a hospital, fending them off using everything from guns and grenades to what looks like Michonne's sword. There are also... Also, virtual versions of some of the more popular characters from the show, including Rick, Daryl, and Michonne, who will provide aid in battle. So I watched this video because my first thought was like, ah, this is dumb. Who's going to do this? I don't understand. I don't even understand how it's going to work. And I didn't really know much about Pokemon Go. But then I watched the video and I actually thought it looked kind of cool. Now, I can't tell if what I'm seeing in the video is actual gameplay footage or if it's just a promotional video. It definitely, oh, that's how they get you. It definitely starts as a promo video. But the reason I liked it is that it shows people in real surroundings, like the convenience store and the hospital they mention, and then suddenly they're in the same locations but in a post-zombie apocalypse version of that place. Right. And they have to start fighting zombies. And... I got to admit, I still don't really understand how it works, but it looks pretty neat. So in a way, I'm kind of interested in this now because they did a good job of hooking me with the video. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm interested too. I mean, if you can get it for the iOS, which I assume you can or will be able to, then, uh, you know, I'm all in. Yeah. iOS and Android, uh, no release date, but it's sometime in 2018, I think. So who knows what that means quite yet. Um, but it's cool. So, you know, if anyone has, has seen this video, uh, and can provide some more insight on kind of what it all means and how it's going to work, uh, I would be interested in knowing it because, um, I, I don't really get Pokemon Go, but this kind of looks cool to me. So we'll have to maybe check it out when it comes out. I think the Uh, only thing that worries me is, uh, I, you know, based on my... Younger life, I spend very little time in convenience stores nowadays. So as long as there's zombies at the grocery store Mm -hmm. or the Toys R Us, then I think we're good. Yeah. You spend a lot of time hanging around in Toys R Us and Lego stores, no doubt. Well, not Lego, but uh, the babies are us. I'm, you know, buying bottles and, uh, you know, having a a new child. There's like, I've gone through every section in there now from, you know, baby to toddler getting, because he's starting to, you know, toddle. He's so, definitely a toddler now, yeah. Well, not quite yet. 
He's not quite walking yet. He's pretty close to walking, but uh, he's not quite there yet. Then he will be a toddler. It's exciting, isn't it? It's very exciting. But anyway, uh, so what I'm saying is I don't go to convenience stores all that much, especially since I quit smoking. But uh, yeah, if, if he's at the Loblaws, if there's zombies at the Loblaws and you know, Michonne shows up there, that'd be great. <laughs> well, see, this is what I don't understand. I've always thought of augmented reality as you hold up your phone and the camera's looking at something, so you're seeing the world through the phone camera, but it's able to add detail to what it's seeing. So you point yeah. it at a location, and it can tell you information about that location. So is that what this is? Like you're looking at your phone while you're walking around, and you, you hold it up while you're choosing apples in the grocery store, and suddenly there's a zombie hand mixed into the apples, and it comes out at you, and you have to lop it, it off it very well could be i mean that's what you do with the pokemon go right you have the log venture reality and you look around on the camera on your phone and uh, it adds the uh the augmentation to the video footage that you're looking at uh that's how i believe it works but i don't think it's just a matter of you have to walk around with your damn phone out all the time i think you can get alerts to something's happening in your area kind of thing so there might okay. be a notification aspect to it. And I know nothing about Pokemon Go and I know nothing about how this game will work, but that's how I assume it would work is that you'd get a, you know, your phone would give you, send you a text message saying, oh my God, there's a zombie in your area. And all of a sudden you, you pull the ding on the bus and you get off the bus and you look around and you start, okay, I got to hunt this damn zombie down because, you know, it's my job to prevent, help prevent the zombie apocalypse. Uh, and so you got to look for that zombie to put it down. Right. So then you find it and like you in real life, pretend you're like swing your phone around like it's a sword and, or, or a gun. Well, I, I sure hope not. Cause they also mentioned grenades, right? I, you're not going to throw your phone. No. Like, you know, open up the window on the bus and throw your phone and go, <laughs> boom. <laughs> I got that one. But yeah. see, that's the thing about this video. I watched it and there is actual like zombie combat in this video. And it, it, it doesn't, to me, look like it's augmented reality. It looks like it's a video game. Like, it's no. just like you're in a game playing the game. It and might be location-based encounters, right? Right. Where you're, it's an actual video game, but it's actually, uh, you know, there's an encounter in this location. You launch the app. It goes, okay, you're now engaging in this encounter. And then you fight the, you play the video game to fight the zombie. Might be oh, that so kind of thing. you get to a location, right? And then it, and then it just, uh, and then you go in game and sort of. Yeah. play for a bit okay maybe because you you should watch the video because i do think it's a, a well-done video um i found it like i said on the verge.com you can search for uh walking dead pokemon or something like that uh and i'll post it maybe with this episode but but yeah like there's a part where you know there's a sword uh there's a katana like sitting on a counter and you can pick that up and start using it to slice zombies and it just felt like a real video game to me so cool Anyways, I mean, we've spent a lot of time talking about something we don't really understand, which is, I guess, not to <laughs> totally... That, that's <laughs> not abnormal, my friend. Not that unheard of around here, I guess. Um, but I would be curious to find out more. So if there are any Pokemon Go, you know, aficionados out there, let us know and uh, check out this video and maybe talk, send us an email about how The Walking Dead might be able to work in this kind of universe talking dead podcast at gmail.com send those in uh all right finally in the news this week we're going to talk more about video games telltale though games which of course has been doing the walking dead uh video games for some time starring clementine everyone's favorite uh little hat wearing zombie killer mm -hmm. and Season three of Telltale's Walking Dead game will come out in 2018 at some point, and they've announced that it's going to be the last season of oh. the game. So that's a little bit sad. Now, most people assume when they hear that that Clementine is going to die, but of course the story could go in any number of directions. And I got to admit, when I think about that possibility, it makes me a little bit sad. It would be sad. Number one, be because... Sad. Yeah, because I... I I've enjoyed all the games, the Telltale games, even though I haven't played them all, um, but I will definitely sometime. And I also, you know, you and I kind of have gotten to know Melissa a little bit, who does the the voice for Clementine, and I have a hard time separating her from the character, and I don't <laughs> want her to die. I don't want well, Clementine to die. Yeah. It makes me sad for her, you know. 
Well, yeah, I think everything's going to be fine, Chris. I know, I know, it's just but it a makes game. it makes me sad for her that you know this character that is, you know, it's it's a great character, and I know Melissa, and I know Clementine is very important to her as a character. So I just feel sad for her that she's not going to be able to voice this character anymore after season three. That is true. But I, th- I, I have every confidence that uh, everything will be fine. It's all going to work out in the end. I believe Clementine will probably survive. Yeah, I honestly, I do too. I think she'll survive. I'm at least choosing to tell myself that, and I hope that's the way it p- plays out. Anyways, um, Job Stoffer, who is the head of creative communications at Telltale Games, was asked about the ending of the story and that ending the video game is kind of the opposite of what the TV show is doing since the show is not ending. The show does not appear to be ending anytime (laughs) soon. It's not really winding down as far as we know. Uh, But he asked, he was asked about that in in an interview and he said, I can't speak to what's going to happen in the TV show, but game wise and Clementine's story arc wise, we want to put an end point on this. We want it to have impact and meaning with things all the way from season one having an effect on the final season. That feels like a really interesting and creative challenge and one that hopefully will pay off in a creative way for fans who have wanted to get back to Clementine's story. Oh my God, Clementine's going to (laughs) die. Oh my God, no. (laughs) Say it's not true. (laughs) Well, when they say they want the ending to be impactful, right? You can have an impactful and meaningful uh, ending without killing her. You can, but the, uh, yeah, it's, it, you know, if you have to really rely on the writers not being lazy, because the easy way to do it is just to kill Clementine. Sure. But if I can say one thing, the writing on this game has always been top notch, right? right? Say what you want about the gameplay. It's more of an interactive story and that's just the style. Some people like that. Some people don't, but the storytelling in the game and the writing has always been really good. And I know I haven't, I just said I haven't played them all. All the ones I have played have been really good. And from what I know, talking to people, you know, everyone's been really happy with all of these games and the way Clementine's story has panned out over the years. So I have faith in the writers. So I don't think they'll kill her off just for the impact and meaning of it all. And I think they'll do something great. Good. And if they do decide to kill her off, it will be also something great because that's what they wanted to do. And it's not lazy writing. It's just a good end to the story. Hopefully it's a, yeah, I, I want it to be impactful too and ring true and not seem lazy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we're going to get. It means I have to go out and buy the latest Xbox so I can play it. Uh, although I did just buy a new iMac. So maybe I could get it on the iMac instead. That might be uh, fun. Yeah. Not likely. No? What do no. you mean? The other ones were out for Ma- iMac. For Mac. Oh, was it? Well, then you should, no problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's, just I, assume nobody makes video games for Macintosh. No, 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 no. That's not true at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's I couldn't play it on the old Mac because it was too old, but this new one is fast and sexy and new, and I can play modern video games on it. So uh, I still prefer playing on the Xbox, but I only have a 360 and... Oh, you can get an adapter for the controller. It's not like that. Can... They don't release it for the 360. Oh, you mean plug no, I know, the... but yeah, if you prefer, you prefer it on the 360 because that's what you have. But if you prefer to play video games with a, oh. a handheld controller, you can get adapters so that you don't have to play with a mouse and keyboard. You can play with a controller. Okay. No, it's, it's not that. I just, I like the lean back and lean back experience by my TV with the, with the Xbox rather than sitting up at my desk you know, right in front of the computer. That's all it is. Yeah, just plug your TV in as a computer monitor. Oh my God, Pipe it over there. How about you just let me buy a fucking Project Scorpio (laughs) or whatever it's called? (laughs) What? What's that? That's the, well, the Xbox uh, One is out right now. And the next one is the, X, uh, I don't even remember They're the name They're coming out with now. a new one already? Oh, they announced it like a while back, but they, uh. and it was called Project Scorpio, but now it has a name. What's it called? Xbox Two? No, no, it's the Xbox One X. <laughs> Perfect. I know, they're terrible at Xbox naming these Xbox One things. X, what is, no, oh my God. It's terrible. Anyways, I just what I'm trying to say is let me buy one of those when it comes out later this year. I think it's later this year, and then I'll be all set. Why Why is the Xbox One outdated already? Well, it's been out for two years, and... Well, yeah, but 
Jeez. I know. They, they, you know, latest console must have. That's what they want people yeah. to feel. Anyways, uh, hopefully Clementine doesn't die and season three of Telltale's The Walking Dead game will be out in 2018 and it is the last one. Uh, so they say, but, you know, if it sells like gangbusters and they make billions of dollars off of it, they'll, I wouldn't be surprised if they make another one. Yeah. That's the way these Absolutely. things go. Yeah. All right, Jason, let's move on to talk about Fear the Walking Dead now uh, and the trailer that we have seen a few times. I hope you've seen it a few times because uh, it's leading up to the second half of Fear the Walking Dead. I've seen it twice. Is that okay? Well, you, you say a few times like I should watch it one more time. Well, no, I watched it when it first came out a couple times and then earlier today a couple of more times and made some notes. So I've seen it four times. Four times. I've seen it twice. So between the two of us, we've seen it an average of a few times each. There you go. Perfect. Done. Um, now, this came out at Comic-Con, as I said, and, uh, you know, it in a way, it gets lost a little bit with the main show releasing their trailer. I feel, you know, not as many people are going to tune into this, partly because The Walking Dead has a big trailer and a big panel. And then also Fear had just finished. So people were sort of like, oh, Fear's done for a while. We don't have to, you know, we don't have to pay attention to that. So I don't think as many people check this one out, but it's there. And I think it was pretty good. And I think it kind of gives us a pretty good idea of what's going to happen in the second half of this season. I think it gives us too much of a pretty good idea of what's going to happen in the second half of this season. All right. Well, expand on that. Well, it just, it seemed like they laid everything out, right? Where uh, we have the two groups that are currently opposing each other, get together and work together. And then all of a sudden there's you know, like uh, inter, you know, fighting or whatever happening between the, the two groups that, now that they're one group. And it just, it, it seemed like there was a lot of information as to exactly what's going to happen. Oh, they're going to run out of water. So they have to go to the, uh, to the, to the dam and they're going to run into what's his name. And they're going to run into that other guy. And then there's going to be conflict there because they stated what the conflict is going to be. You know, somebody, you know, is going to slip a knife into your back, some, something like that. Mm -hmm. It just seemed everything was a little too on the nose. And I hope that they're just kind of leading us down a garden path. Well, you're right. It did feel like they're, telegraphing the whole last half of this season, right? All eight, eight of these episodes, because, um, on one, but on one hand though, I kind of appreciate that. Like they're not screwing with us. They're not showing us a bunch of things out of context. They're actually playing a trailer, which sort of gives us information. You could argue that it's too much. And now we kind of know how the whole season is going to go. But I, on the other hand, didn't really mind that. Like, all of the things I saw in the trailer, I feel like I could have kind of figured out on my own anyways, right? They show us Madison meeting back up with Daniel Salazar and Strand, which is something you know is going to happen. So why do they have to bother pretending that it's not, right? Yeah. I'm yeah. okay with that. Uh, they're, they're not hiding the fact that there's still a lot of tension between um, Broke Jaw Ranch people and Black Hat Reservation people because, you again, you know that's going to be the case. So why pretend that it's not? So... I feel like those are kind of okay things, even though now, you know, I kind of know exactly where the show's going to go. <laughs> yeah. Right? I just, yeah. I, I just had a problem with it. You know, a little more mystery would have been nice. Maybe a little bit more mystery, but you're right. We, if, if we go through it step by step here, the first part of the trailer is that all the black hat people seem to move into Brokejaw Ranch. We see them... We see them arriving. They're kind of being given a tour of the Brokejaw supply stockpile. Yeah, which, you know, the standard thing to do whenever anybody enters your camp is to give them a tour of the uh, of the secret stockpile underneath the main cabin. Well, come on. They they, they know it's there anyways, right? And it just did, They gave Madison a tour. Like, as soon as he show up, he's like, okay, time for the grand tour. These are all our guns. This is all of our food. Uh, here's the all the security that we have in place. Uh, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks fair. for stopping by. Fair enough. But if you're going to welcome people in, I mean, you might as well be honest with them, right? 
Well, yeah, honest with them, we have a stockpile of stuff underneath the, you know, this is the door to the stockpile. Uh, this is uh, the seven burly guys with firearms that are protecting the door to the stockpile. Don't go in there. You know, if you need something, you know, talk to the quartermaster. He'll get it for you. But, you know, they just give tours to anybody. Uh, they should put a sign outside the, the gate, you know, free tours of our stockpile. <laughs> free tours from 9 to 4 p.m. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, samples, weapon samples and uh, powdered <laughs> yeah. milk samples on your way out. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I know what you mean. It's it, it's kind of dumb, but I guess when you figure all these people are moving in and they know you have all this stuff anyways, they're just sort of like, yeah, here it is. Here's how we keep it all. And here's the system for rationing and stuff like that, because you have to explain the rules, right? And it, the yeah. rules involve a tour, I guess. Yeah, they're treating it like a grocery store. You can't treat it like a grocery store. You got to treat it like uh, uh, an armory uh, with a quartermaster. Right. You know, whenever you have an armory with a quartermaster, you have a guy at a counter and you walk up to him and you say, I have a requisition for this thing. And he goes, I'm not giving you that. I'm not giving you that. Uh, you can have that, but you need to go get three other signatures uh, from this other guy. And it's like, no, this is, you know, you need a 48 B stroke six. And, uh, you know, this is a 48 B stroke five. And it's only notarized by your commanding officer. You also need to get it notarized by the, you know, the uh, the sergeant of the mess. And then uh, come on down and then uh, we'll get it. You know, once it's signed and everything, we'll have to make it go get it stamped. And then once it's stamped, you get back and you're okay. Here you go. You can have your comb because everybody <laughs> needs a comb. And as long as you have your 28 B stroke six signed, notarized and stamped, then you can have your comb. What you're saying is they need a system. Yeah, of course. Rather than just a come on in, take what you want. Yeah. That's a grocery store, right? Hey, blah, blah, blah. You go in, you get your apples and your oranges and your, you know, your pack of cigarettes. Can you get a pack of cigarettes at a grocery store? Nope. Not in Canada. Shit. It's been too long. Yeah. Anyway, you get whatever you need and you walk out, right? Uh -huh. It's open. They restocked on a regular basis, but this is not a restocked on a regular basis situation. This is a stockpile right. of important things. They need a, more of a military uh, quartermaster system here rather than a, you know, blah, blahs. <laughs> sure. Okay. Well, I see what you're saying, but I don't think they follow, are going to follow your advice. They seem to take anybody they want down there. Um, but as, as the trailer goes on, it appears to me that Jake, uh, looks like ha he hasn't changed very much. He still wants to, you know, arrange a deal or sort of anything he can do to live in harmony with all the new black hat people that are there and just keep the peace and talk and work their problems out without fighting and killing each other. Um, which is the way he's always been. And I think I've said before, that's one of the things I really appreciate about his character, that he actually is willing or prefers to negotiate and doesn't shoot first and ask questions later. Right. But if Troy, his brother, according to this trailer, has no interest in going along with that. And, uh, he seems to be, he seems to have maybe even cast himself out, right? Cause we see him at, uh, at that outpost where that dude was sitting in the chair, getting his head eaten by crows. Uh -huh. Um, and Troy just has no interest in working with these people and he still thinks they're dangerous. So that's obviously going to be a cause of some tension amongst the group, the two brothers who don't get along. Yeah. It just looks like he's pouting to me. I'm just going to go over and sit over here and pout. Well, unless they take that you, <laughs> unless they kicked him out because he's causing trouble. Right. I don't know. It just seemed like to me, like he would just be out there pouting. Uh, maybe he might be out there pouting. So maybe he's more the source of the trouble than, than, um, than just the guy who's expecting it to come. You know what I mean? Yep, I do. He might, maybe. he might start stir shit up a little bit. And from what I can tell Madison, as she does, seems to be playing both sides a little bit, right? I'm sure when she's talking to Troy, she's on his side saying things like, you're right. We got to be careful. We have to protect ourselves. We can't trust anybody. And when she's talking to Jake, she's probably saying things like, well, you're right. If we can keep the peace, that's better for everyone. The best way to stay safe is not to fight. Things like that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's she's, she's, oh, she's awesome. Uh, yeah, she's, she's very good at doing that kind of like two faced, 
you know, double-sided, uh, working, working both angles kind of thing. Yeah. Manipulative evil. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So here's my question for you though. Obviously the big, the bigger conflict for the second half of this season is going to be over the water because they make a point of basically telling us that. So how do you think this will play out? Are we going to get, um, are we going to get a lot of this sort of internal struggle, which they have to deal with first? Or do you think we're going to get right to the bigger water problem and it's going to force everybody at Brokejaw Ranch to work together against a common enemy, um, which in a way is the lack of water, but in a more less obvious way or maybe a more obvious way is the people at the dam who have all the water? Uh, that's a good question. I really, uh, I'm of two minds. I'm, I, you know, I kind of think both, but I, that can't be possible. So, uh, I really don't know. Well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I hope what they do is that they interweave both of these things, right? I don't want like the first, what do we have? We have eight more episodes. I think I don't want the first four to be about everyone at broke jaw infighting and killing each other. And then the second four to be about them suddenly sort of being on the same page and trying to, trying to get all this water that they need. I'd rather they kind of intermingle it a little bit so that yes, there's a lot of infighting and bickering and probably fighting and killing going on within, uh, within Brokejaw, but also while that's happening, they're trying their best to like get their shit together and deal with their water problem and, and, branch out and expand a little bit and deal with what's going on or, or try to get water from the dam. Yeah. I think that would be the best approach myself. Yeah. Don't, we don't need to compartmentalize these two things. I don't think, I think it's just all should be thrown in together and that would make me, um, the most happy. So. Yeah. You know, that, that's nice in a story, but in real life, I like it when problems come at me one, one at a time. (laughs) Yeah. Cause they're, you know, you can easily, more easily wrap your brain around it and stuff like that. Yeah, but in a story, you have to have a problem and then have the problem get more complex and then uh, and then come to a head. That's right. That's right. Um, what do you think is going to happen with uh, Daniel and Strand and those guys? Because, you know, they're former friends, more or less. And now, in a way, they're on the other side of this water conflict. Mm-hmm. So how do you think they're going to deal with that? Are they Are they going to be friendly or... Are we really going to have former allies at odds here? I think Strand's going to be the ally, and I think uh, Daniel Salazar is going to be the enemy. I think that's probably a safe bet. You're right. Because Strand is ultimately a good guy. We didn't trust him in season one. We really didn't. I didn't. Uh, But since then, he's proven to be uh, somewhat of a stand-up guy. So uh, I think he's going to be on our side. Uh, uh, Salazar, on the other hand... I don't trust him as far as I could throw him. And believe me, I can't throw him very far. No, I don't imagine you can throw him more than a foot or two. If that. Yeah, if that. I might not even be able to pick him up. No, probably not. You'd maybe push him down, but that's it. I can push him. Yeah. Well, <laughs> probably that, not very far. That's not very far, but I think you're absolutely right. I think Salazar, he, you know, we, we know all he's out for is finding his daughter and protecting her and we we know where she is and what she's doing, but whose side is she going to fall on when it comes to the conflict internally between Brokejaw and the Black Hat people? Uh, she seems to be more on the Black Hat side at this point. And so if they're causing trouble at Brokejaw Ranch, you know, Salazar might come in and kind of side with them a little bit more. However, mm-hmm. I do think all these folks are going to realize that they you know, they share this problem with lack of water. So how is that going to affect their, you know, ability to get along? It's all very complicated. I don't know. But coming back to the original question, I think you're right. Strand will likely be the one that they can deal with a little bit easier and reason with a bit. Whereas Salazar seems like he's going to burn his bridges probably and want to protect all the the water that he has. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see how it plays out. Uh, the, the only other thing I wanted to ask you about this is the last line of the trailer is this, uh, the line is, this is evolution. 
and I'm not sure who's saying it. I think maybe it's Troy. I don't know. But what does that mean, and what's the significance of that? Well, there's two different meanings it could have. One is uh, the uh, zombies being the next step in the evolution of man. This is the next iteration of the sentient or the dominant species on the planet. That's that's one thing. It's, right. That's not really evolution. It's more revolution than anything because it's not... Well, it is humans evolving into becoming something else, right? Uh, the next... There's a military meaning for the word evolution, and I'm trying to pin down exactly what that means. I'm not sure what specifically what it means. I could look it up, but there's a uh, there's there is a military uh, use of the word evolution, uh, meaning uh, it's sort of like it's not a day, but it's just uh, I'm not sure what it means. It, it's stri- it's striking me as something. I'm gonna have to look it up. Well, let me let me jump in because I think this this reminds me a little bit of um do you remember Thomas Abigail's mother, uh Celia? Yep. Wasn't she trying to sort of tell them and Nick especially that the zombies are kind of the next step in evolution? Was that her? Yeah, you I know, believe so. She was um she was keeping them down in the wine cellar, defending them in a way. She was obviously nuts, but um, but she sort of had that feeling. And that line reminded me of that a little bit. So I wonder if the show is going to go back to that idea or, or you know, is there is there a character, is there another character that's going to have that sort of sort of feeling with these zombies? And I don't know if that'll, to me, feel like, you know, going over the same ground again. I don't know. But what if it's um, Daniel? You know, he was supposedly burned alive down in that uh, in that wine cellar as well, or tequila cellar or whatever it was. Um, but obviously he wasn't. So I wonder if that experience has made him, I don't know, pick up on, you know, subscribe to her newsletter. So absolutely, you know, it could be, it could be, and maybe he's influencing other people. I still don't know whose voice that was, if it was Troy or Jake or definitely male, but that's really all I could tell. That being said, I don't think it was Daniel's cause we didn't hear the accent. So, you know, maybe he's influencing people with the same sort of ideas that, uh, um, Celia had, right. That was her, right? I, I believe so. It sounds rings true to me. Yeah, okay. I mean, So she... in the military, a pre-programmed task, like a military uh, maneuver, uh, may be termed an evolution. So the term evolution being, being uh, unfolding of something to its true explicit form carries, uh, you know, the meaning of uh, gradual improvement uh, from beginning to an end point. So an evolution would be uh, having something become better after uh, you're doing it. So basically the evolution of it, like a a maneuver, uh, makes you better. I think that's what that means. Right. Okay. All right. Yeah. And, and it was Celia. She's, uh, Thomas Abigail was her adoptive son and, um, yeah, she's the one telling Nick that they're not really dead, are they? And stuff like that. And it's, uh, they're simply infected and they are what comes next. So yeah, they're almost an evolution of, of humanity. So Anyways, the the line reminded me of that, so I wonder if we're coming back to that idea, at least, even if it's being presented by a different character. Yeah. Maybe it is. Could be. All right, well, if you guys have any thoughts on the Fear of the Walking Dead trailer before the show comes back next week, send them in to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com or go to the website and click on send voicemail to send us a, uh, a voice message. We would love to hear it. Uh, before we wrap up, Jason, I just want to run through the episodes, uh, the remaining episodes here, if we could. Episode number nine and ten, so two, will be airing next Sunday on September the tenth. Episode nine is called Minotaur. So hopefully, oh th- shit, hopefully there's a Minotaur in it. <laughs> well, I would hope so, and <laughs> right, they're like the one of my biggest fantasy fears. Minotaurs? I hope I never meet a minotaur. <laughs> well, they do look pretty scary. Um, yeah, uh, but if they're calling the episode Minotaur, you you got to hope there's a half man, half bull in this episode. 
Well, I would hope so. Right? What else would it could it refer to? I don't know. Uh, episode 10, airing on the same night, September 10th, is called Diviner. So, who knows? We'll find out what that means. Episode 11 is called La Serpiente, which I'm assuming is the next week. It's September 17th. Episode 12 is called Brother's Keeper. That's going to be on September 24th. And then we don't have titles for 13, 14, 15, and 16, but they will be airing on October 1st, October 8th, and then 15 and 16 together on October 15th, because that seems to make sense for the main show, which returns on October 22nd the following week. That so, does make sense. So I don't imagine they're going to... Well, I, I'm like 99.9% sure they're not going to put episode 16 of fear on the same night as the season eight premiere of the walking dead. So they're going to have the last two on the same day, October 15th. So, um, that's how that's going to play out. Um, and we'll, we'll maybe, you know, if we can announce the titles of 13 through 16 when they're released, but, uh, in any case, episode nine and 10 are next week on September 10th, Sunday at 9 PM Eastern on AMC. And number nine is called Minotaur. So get ready for Minotaur. that. Minotaur, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right. Like I promised at the beginning, we're going to do one email from a listener. Listener feedback. This comes from Andy, uh, which is, okay, Andy, in, in raining, then sunny, then raining again, UK. <laughs> um, Andy sent this in a, a, not a few weeks ago, but I wanted to hang on to it here for... The, uh, the episode here where we talk about Fear the Walking Dead. So it may be, you know, have stopped raining again and what went sunny and went raining again since then. I, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, Andy writes, while I actually considered season 3A of Fear to be better than anything in seasons 1 or 2, the ratings are continuing to decline. Just wondering if you think they will escalate the storylines in season 3B and season 4 out of concern of the show being axed or do you think fears ties to the main show which is still a ratings hit will keep it immune even if fears ratings drop further still and andy sent in some um average oh no he sent in sorry episode six ratings for season one two and three for fear the walking dead season yep. one episode six which was the season finale had 6.86 million viewers season two episode six had 4.49 million and season three, episode six had 2.19 million. So significant change, obviously, yep. but still quite good. But what about that question, Jason? Do you think that the fact that The Walking Dead is a ratings juggernaut will help fear survive a little bit longer? Or do they simply look at these ratings, decline, 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 and if it keeps going that way, the show might not last? I think every show has to make a profit, right? Of course. It's got to so, be profitable. You know, and that's all based on ratings. Uh, if the ratings aren't great, they're not going to make as much money. And if the production costs remain the same, uh, then the show's going to get canceled. Yeah, it's probably comes down to money. You're probably absolutely right. Um, but I wonder, as Andy asks here, you know, do they, he says, escalate the storylines in season 3B. I, I, I don't think 3B would be the, uh, the change point, but maybe season four. We know that yeah. the current showrunners are not coming back for season four. They've hired new guys. Um, I speculated or, or I, you know, I heard someone say maybe they watched season three and were like, you know what? Season three is not that good, so we're going to make a change. And hope, hopefully new showrunners can improve it for season four. I don't think that's the case because I think season three has been quite good. But are they going to start trying to do more crazy, shocking, out there, wacky stuff in season four to try and boost those ratings up again back to the four to six million range? I don't know. I'm not sure if that's, if that's uh, the kind of thing that they would do, but... I got to think that as the ratings go down, if the show is just not profitable or, you know, they're not able to make the money they want to make on it, then that's yep. when it starts to become in trouble. You're right. I hope they do some crazy shit. Like, you know, it'd be really kind of fun 
in a weird way to have the ratings be so low that they just go completely off the rails and do some stupid like bring in I don't know liches or dragons dragons are popular <laughs> right they bring in some dragons hey. or a couple of white walkers here and there everybody loves you know, dragons they got the walking dead you might as well have a white walker and a dragon I guess I you know I don't know I mean the only problem with that is this is a show that's canon to the walking dead universe and if they start going off the rails crazy bonkers that kind of affects the main show a little bit well, absolutely it does, but not in a direct way. Kind of like, uh, oh my God, it exists in this universe. Are they ever going to bring that in for The Walking Dead? Well, that's what I'm right? saying. They, they, well, they don't have to. I know. I mean, it could just be an Easter egg saying, oh, in that other show, there's a dragon. Is that ever going to show up here? That'd be crazy. That would be nuts. I, I just don't want, I don't want there to be something hanging out there from Fear the Walking Dead that, that we know could someday influence the main show in a crazy way. You know, that okay, would... so maybe, maybe not a dragon, but you know, it could possibly be an actual minotaur, right? Like an, an actual minotaur shows up. Are minotaurs it's real? Just... No, they're not real. Okay. <laughs> half man, half bull. But then neither, not. neither are zombies. I don't right? know. The, that guy who plays the mountain is pretty big. He's frigging I don't think massive. he's a minotaur. He doesn't have horns. Right? No. But if anyone could grow some, it'd be that guy. Uh, he's freaking strong. He's broken like thousand year old strength records. I know. I know. He's huge. He's, he might be the strongest man who ever lived. Well, that's quite the uh, title. You know? I don't know what his name be. is, but like he, Jason Miles, strongest man that ever lived on your no, business card. that's not card. true. But you know, that guy who played the mountain, whatever his name is, or plays the mountain. Right. Anyway. It could be a minotaur. You could bring in some... I just want to see something go completely off the rails. Like just throwing darts at a wall and see what sticks right right well i don't want to see that for the record i want to see them tell really great stories and not do anything too insane but one other thought that came to me is that if fear starts to decline to the point where they're like this isn't working out anymore what's amc gonna do are they gonna just say all right let's cut our losses cancel this thing we'll do one more season and that's it or are they gonna say We've got fear. We've got the Walking Dead. We need to do something that brings Walking Dead audiences over to fear. So you know what? We're going to make a character crossover. We're going to make two characters related. We're going to tie these shows together a little bit tighter because we know that will bring the eyeballs. You, you can't, you can't have a crossover that way though, right? You can't, you got, like you can't bring a, character from the main show into fear the walking dead not really but you could bring a fear character into the main show or if they tried really hard and this is what i'm worried about you know they bring a character from the main show who who wasn't there maybe in season one and two but who was on the west coast in california back then so it's like a flashback Almost. It's like a character <sighs> prequel. And this is just what I'm worrying about. I don't know if this is going to happen. I, I don't think it will. But this is the kind of thing I worry about when Andy brought this up. I'm like, does the main show, is it so successful that they're going to use it to try to prop up this other show? You know, it's like, it's like when you have a Starbucks on your corner and then another Starbucks a, f a few blocks away and one of them makes a lot of money and one of them is losing money. They use one shop to subsidize the other shop just to keep them together in the market and keep uh, market saturation of Starbucks's. Starbucks. Do they do that? Is that, is, that a, is that a known fact? Starbucks I. I don't know if that's a known fact, but I have a feeling they do that because there are so many friggin' Starbucks around the place. Insidious. I know. So that's what I'm saying. They have Walking Dead that's a friggin' juggernaut, and then they have Fear the Walking Dead that's, I don't know, going down the toilet, uh, ratings-wise. Are they going to somehow find one way, one uh, find a way for one show to prop up the other? And I don't want that to be the case because if the show's no good, then let's cut our losses. Yeah, banks do that, don't they? Like they'll prop each other up. Or the government prop up, prop up banks so that they don't fail. I don't know. I mean, it's probably one of those things that you're not supposed to do, but yeah. I have a feeling businesses, some do it. Like, I'm not, it's not just Starbucks, freaking Tim Hortons. Like, we can blame, we can claim they do that too. They're all over the freaking place. 
Oh, you can claim anything with Tim Hortons. They put nicotine in their coffee. That's how come you need to go get Tim Hortons coffee all the time. Because <laughs> you're addicted. That's an urban myth, right? Of course, it's absolutely an urban myth. but Probably you true. Know, that's the kind of thing you can claim that has no basis in reality whatsoever. In fact, it not only not has any basis in reality, it's been disproven actively by you know empirical studies. It's a good story, though. It's a good story. I believed it for a long time. I mean, like, I've quit smoking, but damn it, I need that coffee. It's because I've substituted my nicotine habit. I thought for sure that they were doing that because, you know, I still like coffee. And I, you know, I went for a walk today to get a Tim Hortons. And we left the house. We're like, what if the Tim Hortons is not open on Labor Day? I'm like, what are you, crazy? Of course the Tim Hortons (laughs) is open on Labor Day. Everything else is closed, but (laughs) Tim's never closes. It was super busy. <laughs> well, of course, because it's the only place open. Uh, That's right. I went through the drive-thru at a Tim's today. Did you? Uh, yeah. So it's there may be nicotine in there, dude. <laughs> the amount of coffee you drink. <laughs> oh, too much is never enough. No. All right. Anyhow, um, thank you, Andy, for writing that in. And I think we have appropriately expressed our fears and desires with <laughs> with these two shows. So yeah. All right, everyone. Uh, That's going to do it for the podcast this week. We'll be back next week when we're talking about the return of Fear the Walking Dead with those two episodes, Minotaur and Diviner. We will should be recording next Monday night and releasing the podcast that night. And then we're back to the regular schedule really for a while after that because Fear runs right into the main show and the main show runs till December when they take um, when they take their mid-season break. So uh, starting next week, we're going straight through to till December, and I'm looking forward to it. Diviner. Is that the name of the episode? That has to do with finding water. So that's that's what that episode's going to be all about. Well, go figure. Yeah. The one after that is La Serpiente. Which is the serpent, I guess. The serpent, I guess so, yeah. Uh, If my pigeon Spanish is accurate. (laughs) Well, I can't say for sure that it is, but... Sounds right to me. Why not? Yeah. All right. If you want to get in touch with us, uh, visit TalkingDeadPodcast.com and click on send voicemail. You can record a message into your computer and it will come right to us. You can also just record on your phone if you have like a voice memo app or something. That's a really good way to get a nice quality recording and then uh, send it into us by email at TalkingDeadPodcast at gmail.com. You can, of course, send all your emails to that address. And if you'd like to find us on Twitter... Find uh, at Talking Dead on Twitter or on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Talking Dead. And uh, those are all the ways you can contact us. Please visit our website and click on our Amazon links before you do all your shopping at Amazon. That is a fantastic way to uh, help support the show just a little bit at a time uh, when you do your shopping there. And it doesn't cost you an extra penny. It just means a tiny bit of whatever you, or a tiny cut of whatever you buy comes back our way. And it all helps with the uh, hosting and all the costs associated with putting on the podcast. So uh, once again, talkingdeadpodcast.com, click on Amazon at the top and then choose the country of your choice uh, or that's best for you, US, Canada, UK, France, Spain, they're all there. Um, And uh, that's it. So uh, we'll be back next week, everyone, when fear is back. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until then, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hey, Jason, can I tell you one thing before we finish? Yeah. So, as as you know, as good as I think fear has been uh, in season three, yeah, I find myself, and you know, this is this is like a, a confession I'm about to do here. I find myself not nearly as excited to watch that show, the second half of season three, as I am for the return of the main show in October. What's wrong with that? Well, I'm just, I feel guilty because like, because fear is good, but. We're not a Fear the Walking Dead podcast. Well, That's just an aside. Well, it's we, well, I mean, we kind of are, but we're also, I see what you're saying, but like, even though fear has been really good, I watched the two trailers and I know you didn't love the Walking Dead trailer, but I thought it was great and it really got me pumped up and I watched that and I'm like, oh man, let's just get through fear so we can get back to season eight. 
And I, yeah. I, I feel a little well, bad. I don't think you should feel bad about that at all. I, feel, I, I, I really don't. I don't want to give fear short shrift though, because it deserves our, it deserves attention and some love. They've been doing good stuff. Absolutely. Anyways, I feel bad. Yeah. I generally feel bad when I'm out and about and I see a cat and I pet it. I'm like, <laughs> well, I feel like I'm cheating on my cats. Well, you, you kind of are. I kind of am. Yeah. Cause I should, you know, I should go pet Rosie. She hasn't been, yeah, she hasn't had enough attention lately, I think. Okay. Well, um. No, I don't think you should feel bad. Walking Dead is the show. It's the main show. It's the big show. It's the show. Fear the Walking Dead is an ad hoc add-on that we've been doing and enjoying. And that's fine. I know. I just feel bad because, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to half-ass something. And I don't think we half-ass it, but I also, I can also just feel in myself this excitement for season eight and, and not as much for fear, uh, even though it's been good and I acknowledge that it's been good and I should be watching it or, or, you know, I should not be giving it, you know, I'm about to sneeze, I think, Ugh. but I have, I, I haven't been giving, I, I just don't want to not give it the attention it deserves. That's all I'm saying. Right. But I'll try not to feel bad. Okay. You try your best. <laughs>